Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. What's up, what's up, what's up? As you just heard, we are MMA FanCast. My name is Jim Mooney, and you're going to be hearing from my co-host and podcast partner, Luke Payson, in just a minute or two. This episode is with uh, an MMA fighter based out of Pittsburgh. His name is Iron City Mike Wilkins, and Luke and I were able to cover a grappling event. It was put on by Stout fights and it was uh, pro grappling I believe it was their second grappling tournament that they put on but they have put on uh, several other tournaments Muay Thai and BJJ tournaments uh, things of that nature this particular grappling tournament featured yellow belt all the way through black belt and the main event was Evan Mulgrave and Mike Wilkins it was a black belt no gi contested at 185 pounds The tournament itself was a submission-only grappling event, and what that meant is no judges to keep score. Each match was timed at six minutes, and the end of the match resulted in either you getting submitted or your opponent getting submitted. And There were uh, sudden death matches also where no submission occurred uh, within that six minutes, but Mike and Luke get into some of the detail of how the tournament was set up. The interview itself is a two-part interview. The first part was speaking with Mike before any of the matches occurred. And as you'll hear, Mike was a cornerman and coach for, it was anywhere from like 10 to 12 fights. And then he fought last, so his night was pretty long. Hey, this is Luke Payson for MMA FanCast. I'm here at Stout Fights Pro Grappling uh, in Pittsburgh, and I'm joined by Mike Wilkins, who's the main event. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing, Luke? Well, we're catching you just a, just a couple minutes before uh, you jump out there as a coach. And you said you're going to be coaching a lot of fighters. Um, how many fighters are you coaching tonight? Uh, I think between like eight to ten okay. uh, competitors tonight. Yeah, I'll be in their corner. And, and how is that going to help you stay focused on your match coming up? Um, it's not going to help me, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, they're my students, so I want to help them as much as I can. Um, and I don't think it will impact me, like, negatively or anything. So, you know. Do you have a window carved out of how long before your match that you're going to kind of get ready and get prepped and get in your mind space? Uh, yeah, I'll start warming up uh, three matches prior to my match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start getting a sweat, and then I'll just maintain that sweat until the match before mine, mm-hmm. and then I'll shut it down there and just, like, keep loose. So you obviously have a game plan. How many times have you done? We we know you mostly um, as an MMA fighter, but obviously you're, you're high-ranked high in BJJ, and you coach BJJ a lot as well as MMA. Um, how many pro grappling fights have you done where it's just BJJ? 
Oh, this is my first uh, pro oh. grappling match. Yeah, I've well, done. Like, congratulations on your first. That's uh, great. Thanks. thanks. Yeah, I've done a lot of uh, you know a, a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments, but yeah, this is the first first uh, pro grappling match. Is there a difference between doing a tournament of BJJ and doing like a pro featured event where it's only one match? Um, yeah, there's a difference. You know, you only have one opponent to prepare it for, so you can game plan. Whereas in a tournament, you don't know who you're going to get matched up with. Oftentimes, you don't even know the brackets until until you're there and stuff like that. So it's a little more like free and relaxed, I think, at a, a tournament. Whereas it, you might be able to apply more stress to yourself and because everything's kind of isolated and highlighted. So it kind of feels a little bit like an MMA fight, but um, definitely a lot less pressure than that. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, with the MMA background you have and fighting for fighting for title belts before in regional promotions, um, that pressure is actually something you're used to having, which is good. Um, was it nicer training for just BJJ, or do you prefer to train for all of the aspects? Uh, much nicer just training for uh, BJJ. Uh, that's my favorite part. Wrestling and Jiu-Jitsu are my favorite part of mixed martial arts, so I basically got to focus in on everything I liked and didn't have to do the stuff that you know maybe I'm not too crazy about. Well, great. We really thank you for taking the time out. We're going to catch you afterwards. Best wishes to you, buddy. All right. Thanks. Thanks. So that was part one of the interview with Mike. Mike is a friend of MMA FanCast. We've talked with him several times in the past, and he was gracious enough to agree to the interview of both before and after, regardless of the outcome. Our interest was in giving you, the fans and listeners, insight into what that grappling experience was like for Mike, his first pro grappling event, and also the coaching-heavy aspect that he was involved with. So with that said, here is part two. I'm here with Mike Wilkins just minutes after you won the main event here, and it went to what I'll call sudden death. Can you first explain what that sudden death component is to a match? All right, so since this is a submission-only match, um, no points are awarded, which I believe is the best way to determine a match, just points. But Because <laughs> I'm a big points player. I, li I like to score points. But since there's no submission, when we go in the overtime uh, to make sure, like, because the match, who knows how long that could, if it was unlimited time, who knows how long we would have went, right? Um, we'd probably still be going, honestly. Uh, so in the overtime rounds, you uh, flip a coin and you get to start in a position. We both chose to start in back control. Um, and it's whoever can get like a faster submission or whoever can get a faster escape. So for example, uh, when I was on the defensive position, I was able to escape in 26 seconds. And when he was on the defensive position, it took him longer than that to escape. I didn't see the time, but I knew it was um, a decent bit longer than that. Uh, but what they do is they allowed me the opportunity to still try to get the submission. Mm -hmm. So even though like I already won because I held him for longer than 26 seconds, they were like, you know, still get the opportunity to submit. Um, and then he was able to escape my hold as well. But, you know, just a longer time, uh, a little more tenacity on my escapes. Uh, honestly, more tenacity on my hold uh, from the back control position. He was over my bottom hook. And uh, when someone's escaping back control, the, bottom, the low hook is the determining factor on if they're going to be in back control or not. And he was able to get over my bottom hook. Uh, but I clamped on around the neck and the arm uh, really tight. And I was just, you no, know, I could hold it for as long as I needed. Is that what they call the seatbelt, that yeah. clamp you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I strapped that seatbelt on. Uh, got no tickets today. Yeah. There you go. Very well done. That's a great phrase. Um, so earlier in the match itself, you had gotten kind of stuck. And can you tell us a little bit, or, or stalemate, sort of. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we were in a, uh, a leg entanglement position uh, known as 50-50, uh, uh, in which... Uh, the reason they call it 50-50 is because we were exactly in the same spot, right? Yeah, so... Um, 
every advantage he has, I have as well in that position, uh, based off our position purely. Now, Evan is a, a leg locker, so even though the position itself is an even position, since he's a little more uh, skilled in that position, he, in a way, holds an advantage. Uh, but I was able to stay defensive, uh, and I was actually able to start to mount some offense of my own, which was uh, made, uh, it was a motivator for me to know that I could hang with uh, a leg locker. When I don't consider myself a leg locker, I consider myself a guard passer. Yeah, and you had gotten right towards the end before the timer ran out. You had gotten his leg separated. You started to put your shoulder down to try to gain some dominance on that leg. Um, did you think you were going to try to finish that, or were you just trying to get to the end of the time? When they told me there was like 20-some seconds left, I knew I didn't have time to apply a finish. Uh, we're both... Uh, we're both new black belts, but I believe we're both very skilled black belts. Um, uh, and uh, at a certain point, like, you let it break, you know? Uh, in fact, when we first got in the exchange, uh, I probably should have been thinking more about technique. And the initial thing I thought of was, like, all right, do I let him break it? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you have that conversation, you know, like, like how much, how important is this to me? Like, am I going to let him break my leg if he gets this on or am I going to tap? You know, and then you're like, oh, wait, let's focus on the present here. Let's not just assume he's going to get a heel hook on you. Uh, yeah, because your mind goes there quick. But you had yeah. actually you established a great defensive figure four on your own leg, yes. the, 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 the leg that was in danger almost almost instantly. Did that start to, like, make you feel more comfortable once you got that? Yeah, once I got that figure four locked in, uh, I knew he still had the ability to separate my legs, um, but I. I felt good in that position. And uh, the way he entered into the 50-50 leg entanglement position was from, I believe, like an outside Ashgrami. And uh, when he passed it over into it, the inside heel hook uh, is available. And to me, that's the scariest heel hook. I believe that's going to cause the most damage. And I actually, this week, I've got submitted with that exact thing being passed over like three times in a five-minute round. So like while he was doing it, I was like, dude, I just manifested my defeat. Like, you know, and but I was able to, like, cover that leg. Well, I think that's part of the reason why when we interview guys, being in good gyms with high-level guys that can submit you three times in five minutes makes you less likely to be submitted in a real match because you've been in that position. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And even if, like, um, no, I fully know that my gym is a high-level gym, you know, um, and I have the, the best training partners, I have the best coach. Um, I fully, fully believe that. Uh, I know that. Um, but even if, like, let's say you're the big dog in the gym, which I'm kind of like second, third-ish tier in, in our gym, uh, but I can go with people who you would consider not as good as me um, or my students, uh, and I allow myself to be put in dangerous positions, and uh, therefore you're getting more reps on those positions and uh, things like that. Like you allow yourself to be put in some danger so you can get that practice in. Well, yeah, and that's very important. I, we were doing an interview a couple of days ago and we were talking about how you, you don't want to be a gym hero. You want to be put in bad spots in your gym so you don't look undefeatable in a gym to make you undefeatable on the mats. And, and because I think sometimes people don't let themselves get in bad positions um, against uh, people that way they, they don't have that risk now when we go back to the uh, sudden death overtime what were your options it was rear naked what was the other choice so, so back control which is like a piggyback ride back control grip and then spider web which is like a, an opponent would lay up on their back and you like put it in like arm bar position and they cross their arms and then you just go from there now if I knew I needed a submission, I would have gone spider web. I feel like I would be more likely on the offensive on the offensive but since 
I got out in what I would consider a quick manner, 26 seconds. Um, I knew that I could hold a back. I felt like I could hold a back control longer. Whereas I, I'm more dangerous on the submission. Like, like, let's say he submitted me and I was like, dude, I know I need to get a submission in the next, in the next 40 seconds, I'm going arm bar, right? And I'm gonna try and rip that thing apart. And that's what, when I was watching the fight, I, I consider the arm bar, spider web position to be more dangerous to get submitted in, like what yes. you were just saying, because from a defensive position, it, there's not a ton of wiggle room. I mean, there is some, but depending on what happens, there, you gotta tap. You, you can't kind of get stuck in it yeah. like you can yet. Um, but there was a chance that you could have gone reverse. You could have flip-flopped what you chose. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So after, after the first um, overtime round where I was on the defensive position after I escaped, it was then my choice to choose spider web or, or um, back control. And we had interviewed you before your match, which was great, and thanks for coming on to do that. Um, but this was your first pro BJJ event where it wasn't a tournament, where it was just one guy. Overall now, what was that like, prepping for one guy versus a tournament? Um, you know, it, I could compare it more to like an MMA fight where like I have time to like you know do a little research on my opponent and know their strengths so you get to game plan a little more whereas in a tournament you don't you, who knows who you're going to get matched up with right it's got to play itself out um what I liked about this like professional match um is that uh it was a little more could put on a little more of a show right we're the only match going center stage so you can have a little more flair and I think it makes it memorable and it makes it fun um but my preference is tournaments you know. and, and what makes tournaments your, your preference? Because we just watched the crowd go nuts. You came out diving into a forward flip roll, and so you're really showing off. Obviously, you're a hometown favorite here. Um, and, and to me, in many ways, this would be preferred because this is the spotlight, the main event. Um, so, so what makes tournaments your preference? Um, you know, the, 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 multi, the, the many matches that you're going to get, uh, the different looks you're going to get, um, less pressure a little bit because, like, I think the longer you prepare for something, the more pressure is going to be put on it, which was always one of my things. Uh, one of the downsides to MMA for me was, you know, you put a lot of pressure because you're preparing for this one guy, this one fight, and, like, if it doesn't go your way, your chance to make that up comes in, like, what, like four months maybe? You know, how often can you really fight? Um, Whereas in a jiu-jitsu tournament, I could lose a match, and then I'll probably still have another match, and I could probably double if it's a double elimination, right? Right, right. If and it's a double keep, elimination, you keep it yeah, going, right? yeah, you keep it going, so you can kind of like you know get, get it back. And I feel like the tournament, just in, inherently in itself, with the the many matches, gives you more opportunity to grow. You know. Well, and I think that's something that I've always appreciated about you, that not only are you a great athlete and a competitor, BJJ, MMA yourself, but you really are a coach. We could probably do a whole other interview, not tonight, on your coaching because you're very involved in coaching, you yes. run a gym, um, but that's a learner mindset. If you were just about trying to win, you might say, I just want one, of, one guy to focus on, but the tournament really develops your, your strengths and might show your weaknesses as well, whereas one yes. guy wouldn't be able to do that. Yes, that, that's exactly it. And I think I coached like, I thought I was going to coach like eight matches. I think I coached like 12 or four, like 14 matches. I felt like I was in the corner all night. Um, yeah, it was a busy night for me, but I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I love my team. I love everybody who came out and competed. You know, we won some, we lost some. Uh, and that's the point, you know. We could 
you try to stack the deck in our favor and like pick matches that we believe we're favorable in, but we didn't do that. You know, well, we came out here and we competed against um, very good competition all night. Well, I think that also goes for your main event. Your opponent was, was no slouch and it was, it was a very even exchange. You were even talking about how you felt like he was slightly more dangerous in that 50-50. So I think that goes well to uh, the, the pro grappling stout super fights pro grappling. We want to give them credit, um, even though you're the hometown guy for not giving you an easy fight and bringing in somebody that has the legitimacy to actually make it competitive and I think that's the important part yeah absolutely that's a that's exactly the way uh you know I, I wanted it I don't want to first off I'm not really sure if we could find a black belt that would be that easy of a pushover so. but but um that's like true. like uh you know he's 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 a competitor uh I've seen him compete over the years I mean we came up through the same circuit, basically, right? So I've seen him at all the jiu-jitsu tournaments that I was at, you know, and stuff. So, like, I knew he was a solid competitor. Uh, and I think it's cool that, like, we basically were on the same track. Like, I think, like, we were, like, blue belts at the same time, purple belts at the same time, brown belts at the same time. And he got his black belt, like, a month before I got my black belt. So we basically got our black belt at the same time. So, you know, like, it's uh, a very fair and even matchup. Yeah, absolutely. And this will be a good opportunity for you to grow. Uh, I guess the last question will be, do you – do you now want to go back towards tournaments or would you do another pro pro grappling event? Yeah, I'm going to do another pro grappling event. Um, I'm going to try to get on a Kasai card, which is uh, uh, one of the larger professional grappling organizations. One's coming up actually uh, July 4th, obviously. I can't get on that. A uh, competitor who competed tonight from Ottawa uh, is on that July 4th card. Yeah, he's leaving here. He's going to, he's going to Orlando. They're doing it at like Disney, and he's on that uh, one of the biggest jujitsu cards. Yeah, wow. yeah, and uh, Justin Primrose, he was a pur he's a purple belt from yeah. Ottawa. He's very good. Um, yeah, he's going down to compete on that. We had some of my teammates compete on it, and I'm looking to get on that. But other than that, uh, you know, I definitely want to get into some tournaments. You know what? My favorite thing about the tournaments is honestly, is like it's something to do. Like it's it's a, it's a trip, right? It's something to do with like your team, you know. So like. You know, me and my brothers will go, we'll travel to Philly and do a tournament. And, like, we take the tournament pretty serious, but, like, we also use it, like, as an excuse to party. <laughs> and, like, just get out of town and have fun, you know. Um, but we're still, like, doing something productive with jiu-jitsu, which is what we like because, you know, we grew up wrestling. And, like, it's, like, a good replacement for wrestling, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you taking time to come on MMA FanCast. So thanks again. We wish you the best in the future, and we'd love to catch up with you again. Thanks so much. All right. Ex excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for the interview. Uh, anybody listening to this, subscribe, MMA FanCast. Uh, I'm subscribed on iTunes, so you should be too. A busy man both before and after that grappling event, but he was kind enough to take some time out and speak to us, and that's just one of the things that makes Iron City Mike Wilkins a good guy. So for myself and Luke Payson, that's it for Pitt, and thanks for listening to MMA FanCast.